Welcome to the Create an Athlete podcast, your guide to raising a future college sports star. I'm Steve Edelson, columnist with the Asbury Park Press, and I'm joined by my colleague Jerry Carino. And Jerry, today we are going to peel back the curtain on something that I think is very intriguing to most sports fans. The rankings of high school basketball players for recruiting purposes and talent evaluation purposes and we're going to get the inside scoop from the best in the Garden State, Jay Gomes. Yeah, so we are going to be joined by Jay Gomes, who's a publisher of NJ Hoops. He basically works every night tracking down talent, evaluating it, and he is the best. We're going to get to that interview shortly, but first we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you think of this episode, what you think of past episodes on the Create an Athlete podcast, and what you want to hear from in the future. So you can reach out to us in a number of different ways, via Twitter, at Create an Athlete, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Create an Athlete, or you can email us, createanathlete at gannett, G-A-N-N-E-T-T, dot com. And now our interview. So, Jay, let's start with Nas Reed, uh, Asbury Park native, Roosevelt Catholic High School star, LSU bound forward, who just completed a superb season leading his high school to the Tournament of Champions crown. And you've seen Nas since he was uh, in middle school. What do you think of how he panned out compared to what your thoughts and and, uh, projections were for him uh, coming into high school? Well, I I thought he had great potential coming into high school, obviously with his size, athleticism, and skills. And his career, uh, you know, developed how you would like to see a kid's career develop. Uh, You know, he finished with the Tournament of Champions title. He's going out on top. uh, And he was the dominant force down the stretch for his team, uh, you know, helping them get get there. So uh, it was a great, great story, and uh, you know it's one that you like to see where it ends on a good note, and the kid you know, realizes his dreams. And let's talk about the other end of the uh, the evaluation spectrum, Jay, and that would be uh, you know Point Pleasant Beach star Matt Farrell, who was pretty lightly recruited coming out of high school, and then has gone on to just uh, wrap up a superb career as a point guard at Notre Dame. Um, how did Farrell turn out so much better than everyone thought he would be, uh, you know, five years ago? Well, what is hard to see inside kids, and, and the college coaches will tell you this too, that you know some kids really love the game and really work on their craft, uh, and they put the hours in to get better. And, and obviously, he's one of the kids who's done that. Uh, you know, other kids are good players and they like the game and they work out with the team when they have to, but they're not doing anything extra to get themselves better. And, and it's hard to figure out at an early age which kids are going to be the ones who have the drive to succeed. Uh, and which ones, you know, don't have that much drive to be the best they could possibly be. So, uh, you know, obviously Matt has been one of those guys who's, you know, most people thought he'd only be a role player at that level, and he turned into be a team leader and one of the best, you know, point guards in the country. So, uh, you know, he's a kid who overachieved for sure. Jay, you've been doing this for a long time. Take us through what, what goes into your evaluation process when you're coming up with these. Well, Obviously, basketball, the first thing you look at, you know, is athleticism and size and strength and, and speed. Uh, but it's more than that. You know, it's how, how they compete. Uh, are they coachable? And, and you really have to see kids on numerous occasions, and you really have to see them against other good players to get, you know, uh, a, a true judgment of, you know, how good a kid can be. And, and it's hard to project the kids, like I said, because, you know, some kids get growth spurts. Some kids stop growing at an early age. 
so you got to try to factor that in, too, when you're looking at a kid at a young age. Uh, you know, so it's a lot of things, and one of the things, you know, that I like to do is, you know, I've been doing this for 20-some years, is, you know, I'll see kids, I'll see all the Division One teams playing Jersey every year, I'll see the small colleges play, because you got to get a feel for the different levels, too, of basketball, you know, because everybody thinks they're a Division One player, but, you know, uh, they're not, and even at the Division One level, there's, you know, your, your FDUs and there's your Dukes. I mean, there's a different level there in between, so uh, you have to get a feel for the whole thing and try to, you know, project where a kid's going to be, and, you know, it's not an exact science, but you hopefully, if you're doing it for a while, you get a better feel for it. Is it all done in person, or do you watch film? No, I do it all in person. Occasionally, I'll watch film, but I, I don't get much out of, out of film, because it's hard to put into context of who to play it against tell. Yeah, actually, how good they are, how big they are, how fast they are. And, and everybody's got a highlight film now, and everybody's highlight film, they never miss a shot. So, you know, uh, it's, I'm not going to write out of film. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> uh, Jay, see, if you, if you go to high school basketball or even a college basketball game in New Jersey, chances are you're going to see Jay there. <laughs> <laughs> He's everywhere. Uh, Jay's in the gym every day of the week, and not just during the season, by the way. During you know the off season, what we call the off season, there's really no off season for Jay or for basketball players. Uh, so, but Jay, you said uh, you said you'll see a kid a number of times before you put a you know him into a ranking. How many times we roughly? I know it varies, but how many times will you see a kid before you feel comfortable ranking him? Well, usually two or three. I'll put an initial, like an initial feel from. Like, you know, over a kid's high school career, if he plays on a good AAU program and he plays the summer circuit, I mean, I'll see a kid 20, 30 times in, in the four years of high school. So e each time you get a little, you know, a little something more maybe, you get a better feel from how he's progressing, how he's developing. So, you know, it, it's good to be, you know, to focus on one geographical area so you get a better handle on kids. Based on the feedback you get, Jay, how influential or important or ingrained into basketball recruiting is the ranking system and the evaluation system? Uh, it, it's 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 important to um, to the kids and their fathers and their families a little bit. It's a little bit important to the college coaches, but you know the higher up you go, I think the less important it is. I mean, when you're McDonald's or American caliber, you know the, the big time college coaches know how good you are, what you can do. It really doesn't matter to them. You know, it, it's more I, I think to get a kid's name on the radar when he's a you know freshman or a sophomore. Uh, I, I think that's why it's most important. Well, it's interesting because, you know, yes, the five-star kids are the five-star kids, but for maybe lower-level kids, it's important for them to get their name on a list at, at some point so maybe they get uh, a, a little bit of exposure to college coaches and all. Uh, have you found that? Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, what, what, ha what ha might happen is, you know, a kid gets, uh, gets ranked or whatever and then, you know, a college coach will make sure they check them out somewhere during the summer and see them play, or they might invite them to one of their elite camps because you know, they want to get uh, a feel for some kids on their campus and playing against other kids that might be in the same uh, same style of play or same ability. So, uh, yeah, it helps getting your name out there a little bit. But, you know, when push comes to shove, you know, the college coaches are going to make their own judgment because obviously it's their, their jobs on the line and their careers on the line. So we're speaking with Jay Gomes, uh, the publisher of NJHoops.com, and long regarded as New Jersey's premier high school boys basketball talent evaluator. Uh, Jay, how often do you hear from parents or high school coaches who say, you know, you got my guy wrong, or can you, you should move him up, or how, long, how often do you get feedback of that nature from people on the trail, or just, just random people? Uh, 
quite a bit, but it's not uh, it's not you know unbearable. Uh, and I mean, I take it for you know what it's worth that you know they're looking out for their kid, be it the coach or the, the parent or whatever, or even the kid himself. You know, so I you know and. One of the things I try to do, too, is I publicize a lot of different kids to give everybody a shot and, you know, to use everybody's name out there and let them, you know, get to the level they should get to. Uh, but, yeah, you hear it quite a bit, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's not overwhelming or anything. Now, you must have had people trying to influence you in different ways over the years. I'm sure you have some crazy stories about that. Anybody's trying to slip you a 20, Jay? <laughs> 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 no, there have, there have been two people, you know, with, you know, just you know, hinting and stuff, you know, I can help you out with stuff, but... It's not that. It's very rare, actually. <laughs> Let me ask you, because you, you look around and you see rankings of kids really young, like, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh grade kids. Is that too early? How, how early should kids be ranked? Yeah, well, I, I think that's too early. But, uh, you know, I start ranking kids when they're headed to high school because I know you know, the, the basketball fan in New Jersey cares about their high school teams and they want to know how good they're going to be. And they want to know if they got a good player coming in. So when the kids in high school, I'll write about them. But, you know, I, I mean, there might be, you know, in 23 years of doing this, there was probably less than 10 grammar school kids that I wrote about. And that's only because I saw them playing, you know, with a 17-year-old team in an AAU tournament. And that would be guys like Carl Towns, Kyle Anderson, you know, or Scotty Lewis, guys like that, Ryan Antoine. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly how much it serves ranking kids as grammar school because uh, there's a lot of you know a lot of sad stories about kids that come in with a lot of hype and then you know the parents or whatever have dreams of you know the kid playing at Kentucky and, and it doesn't happen because it's there's such a big time span there where things can derail or you go off the right track or whatever. So you know I'm not in favor of it, but you know I, you know, there's a market for it and, and some kid some parents like reading about their kid you know what he did at this grammar school tournament and you know picture the kid out there and stuff so. You know, if taken in the right way, I guess it doesn't do any harm, but, you know, it, it could be harmful like a lot of things. Joe, you mentioned the market for it. Over the years, you've been doing this a couple decades now. How much has the hunger or thirst for this stuff increased? It just seems like it's gone from, you know, a little niche thing to an entire industry. But you tell me, how much has uh, reader interest or fan interest in your work increased over the last several years? Well, it's changed quite a bit. I mean, social media has changed everything in our society, and it's changed it saves this industry a little bit. But the one thing that I see now quite a bit is, like, the great players, like, you know, your J. Ron Quinnerly's, your Scotty, your Brian, uh, Brian Antoine, is nowadays they have any game they play, there's 20 kids on the baseline with video cameras or their cell phones. And that's an industry where they all have these sites where it's just highlight after highlight after highlight. And that's one thing where I've seen really take off in the last few years now with the, uh, you know, with the ease of putting video out there. Uh, so that's a cottage industry. That's the newest one that's really, really popular. And if you go on the YouTube amount of hits on these, some of these sites and these kids playing basketball, and this has really gotten down to the middle school age, too, where, you know, there's millions of hits on kids making, you know, spectacular plays or dunk or shaking a guy or whatever. So uh, but, but that's the latest thing I see. But let's be clear here, Jay. Those those package highlights are no substitute for someone doing an honest evaluation, right? Like you said, no one, no one ever misses a shot in those highlights. Uh, uh, no question, no question. But that's but that's a very popular market within the uh, grassroots basketball culture right now. 
Do you look at other rankings? Do you, I don't know, are there ones you think are better or guys who work harder at it maybe than others? Not to name names, but, I mean, uh, I'm sure that's it's like any industry. Yeah, I'll look at a few, and I'll talk with some guys that I respect and that I know pretty well. You know, we'll occasionally talk about a kid or whatever. Uh, but basically, you know, if you've seen the kid, you're pretty confident, you know, what you think is right. Uh, but occasionally you get somebody else's feeling on them. Uh, you mentioned the word context before, Jay, which is why you want to see these kids full games in person. Uh, yeah, but something that's I've always wondered about that. When do you weigh how someone performs for their high school in like a high pressure environment, like a like a one and out state tournament? Do you weigh that differently than how they might perform in like a, some sort of weekend all star showcase event in July? Yeah, I do weigh that heavily, but I also like to weigh. I love to see the kid in high school, and I love to see him in the AAU too, because it's two different settings and it's different, different feels. Uh, but yeah, you do weigh a kid when he's doing in a big, high-pressure environment, like a, a big high school state tournament game, because everybody's playing so much harder, and it's much more difficult to do to get a shot off or to make a play. Uh, when they're getting to college, one thing kids fail to realize is. They're all good players. They're all playing very hard. They're, play, they're playing much harder in college than the kids play in high school. So you have to factor that in also, like you said. How much does potential factor into the, you know, the evaluation you'll make of a player? You know, wh- what you think maybe they might do in college you know, as they maybe grow or grow into their body or, or progress? Well, that's another interesting point. I mean, I, I discussed this with some other scouts and, they say I look less on potential and more on productivity. Uh, and, you know, I always say a lot of guys have potential, but, you know, if I don't see you reaching it, what makes you think you're going to reach it when you get beyond high school? Uh, so that's the hard part to weigh those two things. Uh, you know, I like a kid who's going to be, like, his impact in the game. You don't have to score, but uh, you know, if you're a big guy, you've got to rebound, defend, and be active. Uh, you know, you, if you're a point guard, you've got to make plays for your teammates. So I, I like guys who are, you know, very productive. Other guys will look at a guy, he's long, athletic, he runs the floor, he's athletic, and they'll, they'll rank him pretty high. And, and my argument will always be, yeah, but what did you do in the game? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you, you, get, you get burnt, I think, you get burnt on just ranking guys on potential. Boy, Jay, that's a great point, and that's why I value your ranking so highly. I feel like you're in the minority with that. I mean, I feel like mo- the, the majority of talent evaluators are looking at potential and upside. You're mm-hmm. looking at productivity. So you're doing things almost against the grain there, I feel like. I don't know if you feel that way, but that, that's why, to me, when I see your rankings, I, I think it's a better window into what a player is about. Yeah, you got to weigh the both. But you know, like I said, I'm you know I'm confident the way the way I do it. But you know there is a balancing act between the two, obviously, because you know some kids, you know again some kids might be great high school players, but they're not going to be great college players at a high level for a variety of reasons, and it's usually you know the athleticism and the size. All right, Jay. One more question for me, and that is, we like to end all our, all of our create an athlete podcast with this question. That is is is. Uh, what, what would your one pe- best piece of advice be for a, uh, a talented high school player and their family who, who want to, you know, make it to the next level and succeed on the next level? Well, I'll give you a couple. Uh, obviously, you gotta you got to work hard and you got to put the time in. You've got to discuss anything in life. you got to work hard at it. But I, I think you got to, you know, either one of the two or both, either you got to be nowadays in a good high school program with a good coach, 
is going to teach you how to play and work with you. And nowadays, you got to find a good you know, AAU slash you know travel program uh, that you know that suits you and your ability and your style of play and uh, gets you the exposure you need. So uh, you know, it's a combination of a few things. Jay Gomes, NJHoops.com, talent evaluator guru. Thanks for joining us on the Create an Athlete podcast. My pleasure to be with you guys. Star Trek, Star Wars, Batman, Harry Potter, Marvel. Everyone is a fan of something. The Fan Theory Podcast explores pop culture weekly. Co-hosts Alex Bice and me, Felicia wellington Riddell. Talk features and fan faves with guests like William Shatner, Kevin Smith, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Simon Pegg, Vivica A. Fox, and so many more awesome creators behind your favorite books, movies, TV, music, video games, whatever Disney is doing, which is all of the things. So check us out. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Visit app.com slash fan theory and join the adventure. So very interesting stuff, Steve, and I think applicable to things beyond just basketball. You know, there are recruiting rankings for football, for, for baseball, softball, almost any sport has them. And so team sports especially, when, you know, individual sports, the numbers speak for themselves. But in team sports, it's rankings are such a huge thing. And two things I'll say is, first of all, I think Jay is being a little humble when he says the coaches mostly figure it out on their own. I don't know that that's the case. I think they use these rankings as a guidepost. Absolutely do. And from there, then they'll sort and separate. But someone's got to be on these rankings in order to get on their radar. There's no doubt about that. You know, I, I think there absolutely is. And, I mean, listen, let's face it. They're popular with fans. I mean, t- Teams, teams win the preseason championship based on how many five-star recruits they brought in. But the reality is these lists are read, and they are read in offices, in arenas around the country by college coaches. And as you said, I, I think they are a guidepost. And, you know, if listen, if, you have, if you're recruiting a five-star or four-star kid and it doesn't work out, well, Everybody, everybody was wrong on that. If you're recruiting a two-star kid and it doesn't work out, well, everyone's going to say, okay, everyone knew the kid was no good. Right. You know? so. Of course, we, that can be very misleading, but mm-hmm. as we mentioned with Matt Farrell, but the, the, the classic example, something that will always stay with me as how these, you have to be careful with these ratings because they can be wrong. And so Derek Character, a name that, you know, 15 years ago was a household name. He was the Nas Reed of New Jersey. Uh, coming out of Scotch Plains, and I'll never forget it, Steve. I actually went to one of his middle school basketball games, and when he finished the game, you know, he was dunking, and he was 6'9 in middle school. It was ridiculous, but then the game ended, and there was a line of fellow middle school kids out the door waiting for his autograph, (laughs) and it was just absurd. He was in eighth grade, but he was the next best thing, the five-star, can't-miss guy, and, you know, Derek went to three different high schools, he had an up-and-down high school career, but still he went to Louisville on potential, and then he wound up with the Lakers, and he had a cup of coffee there, and he basically flamed out. So um, that was like the great cautionary tale, how these things just don't work sometimes. And when you've put Derek Character's name on the top of these lists and have kids waiting online for his autograph because they saw his name on the list, 
it can be a recipe for, I don't want to say disaster, but great disappointment. Well, first off, think of the pressure that puts on an eighth grader, you know, to have that. And let's face it, in some cases, the families see that, you know, they see this as, you know, hey, this kid is going to be great. You know, they're putting pressure on the kid based on these rankings. Um, yeah, as you said, it, it can be a, a pretty tough path for some of these kids. And, you know, a lot of these things just don't take into account, you know, the potential that a kid could have. Maybe, maybe he's not that great in eighth grade, you know, but maybe he's great as a senior in high school. He's really coming on. And, you know, those are things you just, and you don't know how he's going to do at the next level. You just can't project that. So Jay's a good example of how it should be done right, okay? So several things that Jay does that are the right way, as opposed to people who do things the wrong way in this industry, which there are a lot of. So Jay doesn't evaluate, he doesn't rank uh, list players until they're entering high school. And so, you know, there are people who go as young as fourth and fifth grade, which is just wrong. I mean, Jay's too nice to say it flat out like that. He said, it, you know, that's not my style, but it's just, it's just wrong to rank fourth and fifth graders. Well, well, it's, it's wrong. It's just crazy. It, it's amazing because the first time I saw Naz Reed, when he was in, in eighth grade, and he had been on lists, I found out, for several years, you know, going back to when he was in, like, sixth grade. And, honestly, I was stunned by it. I didn't realize it went back that far. And, you know, it does, it does kind of give you a pause to kind of, you know, uh, this is, I mean, it's a little crazy at that Yeah, age. you're not doing anybody. You're only doing people a disservice by ranking kids that young. There's doing nobody a service. And, you know, you see some college coaches feeding into this by, occasionally offering kids who are in like 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, it's just total absurdity. Well, you know, and here's the flip side to all this, is a hardworking guy like Jay Gomes finds a kid that maybe nobody else knows that much about and puts him on his list, and then a college coach sees it, and then he sees the kid, and then he says, you know what, yeah, you know what, this kid, this kid could play in our program. Now all of a sudden, you know, by his work, he has put this kid on the radar screen, and now maybe the kid gets a scholarship, you know, et cetera. Right. So. And there are, so there are pluses to it, for sure, when you do it right. And yeah. so a couple things about what Jay does, he's at all the high school games, which a lot of these rankings people are just parachuting into these major events. You know, they'll be at the AAU tournaments right. in the spring. Yep. They'll be at the big summer showcases. They'll cover the City of Palms and maybe the primetime shootout and some of these massive high school events in the, you know, in the wintertime during basketball season. But they're not there every day, so obviously th you're going to get a more accurate feel when you're there constantly. You're seeing kids 20, 30 times. The second thing is, this is important to note, because of the people who are listening to this podcast, how many of them are going to have a high Division One player? Very few. But there are plenty of athletes who go on to play junior college basketball, you know, community college, Division Two, Division Three, and which are very good, is very good level of basketball. Uh, so... Those are the people Jay also sees, and right. these are people who, mm -hmm. who he's evaluating that maybe a national evaluator isn't seeing, and so that's a service to the local coaches for sure. Oh, absolutely, and, and I think, as you said, when it's done right, it can really be good. And, you know, I think one of the most important uh, or most interesting things he talked about was potential, you know, versus actual production on the court, and how do you weigh those things when you're looking at a high school kid and you know, he, he goes more on production, but I think there's a lot of guys that just look at the potential for this kid. Yeah, there's a great, so I use characters like the, is a classic example of, of uh, failed potential, you know, and uh, the opposite side of that, um, there's a guy who just played for Seton Hall for four years by the name of Sonogo, who 
was a high school star at Newark Eastside, led them to the tournament champions final, uh, wasn't really wi widely regarded on the national recruiting scale because, you know, fairly limited offensive game, game, more of a hustle guy. But, you know, Jay saw him a lot, saw that he was a winner, that he was tough, that he could defend, that he was versatile, uh, and that he was coachable. And these are things you don't see just parachuting in for a weekend. These are the things you see when you evaluate someone 20 or 30 times. So when Sonogo committed to Seton Hall four years ago, I remember Jay thinking he was going to be a player who really help, would help them, whereas like the national recruiter, recruiting uh, experts just kind of shrug, shrugged their shoulders, and so did a lot of Seton Hall fans who read those experts. Right. Um, and sure enough, Sonogo became an integral part of, of them making three straight NCAA tournaments. I mean, he was one of the best defenders in the Big East, so there's your example of productivity. Well, and, and that's tough for any college coach because, as you said, the fans read these things, and they think they're experts on recruiting now because they read these things. And so, you know, if a, if a coach is reaching for a guy who maybe doesn't have that good a rating but who he has a good feeling about from what he's seen, they're going to hear it from the fans. Right, and I've been dealing with, with Rutgers and Steve Peichel. Um, you know, he has a, he has a track record, uh, going back to Stony Brook, of using his eyeballs, you know, of seeing how good a guy can fit in. And he's had a very good record of it. The player by the name of Jamil Warney, okay, Plainfield yep. guy, came out of Roseau Catholic High School. Uh, before Roseau Catholic was this juggernaut, he was like right. the first real. He was the pioneer. Yeah, there. he was the pioneer of the current, you know, the current regime. And uh, Jamil Warney, when I saw him the first time in a, in a game with Tyler Roberson, two forwards, Tyler Roberson was headed to Syracuse, mm -hmm. Jamil was headed to Stony Brook. And I didn't know who, who was who. First time I laid eyes on them, I couldn't tell which guy was going to Stony Brook and which guy was going mm -hmm. to Syracuse. And so that's, you know, but one guy had two stars and one guy had five stars. And mm -hmm. so, but to me, it was like these guys both played their butts off and were valuable. And you know what? The eyeball was right because there Jamil Warney became a great, an all-time great player at Stony Brook. And now, guess what? The guy plays for the Dallas Mavericks. Amazing. Amazing. Yep. Well, I, right here locally, uh, kid at Monmouth, Justin Robinson, recruited by no one other than Monmouth, and two-time conference player of the year in the MAC. You know, he's playing in Russia now, a very high level, playing really well. Um, plucked out of thin air, if you look at the rankings. He was so. from upstate New York, right? Yep. So, no, I don't know if they have a Jay Gomes up there. Mm -hmm. I mean, New York City has Tom Konchalski. Mm -hmm. yep. He's like the, you know, the Jay Gomes talent evaluator there. I don't know if upstate New York does. But here in New Jersey, they certainly do, and it's fascinating to see. Look, it's easy for us to look back and say, you know, this guy was a five-star, and he, and he flamed out. This guy was a two-star, and he's great. That's easy for us to do, but guys in Jay Gomes' position, they have to do it in real time. Yeah. Well, that was an incredibly interesting episode right there with Jay Gomes, who really laid out what this is all about, this ranking system. And if you have an interest in this subject, check out some of our previous podcasts. For instance... Balancing Club and High School Commitments. That was Episode 8. Our Showcase Events, a must for a young player. Episode 12. Or The State of Recruiting in the Women's Game. Episode 22. Go back, binge all the episodes of the Create an Athlete podcast. And let us know what you think. You can reach out to Jerry on Twitter, at NJ Hoopshaven, or me on Twitter, at Steve Edelson, APP. And join us next time. Thanks for being with us.